Hey everybody, this is Hunter Howard. I'm the lead pastor of Encounter Church. Here at Encounter Church, our vision is helping people encounter God. And that's what I pray and hope for you today, that you will encounter God through this message. Enjoy. It's my privilege today to uh, share another message with you from God's wonderful word. Let me ask you again, are you ready for the word? Good. Me too. It, as usual, if you would like to follow along, uh, the message outline, the preaching outline is available printed or digitally, printed back there in the outline box or digitally on uh, the Bible app, okay? Today, we're continuing our 2021 theme. Can you believe we're already in February? A whole month is gone, but we're still here. <laughs> And we're here to multiply. That is the word God's spoken to us this year. 2021, this is the year to multiply. And we're going to get started this morning first with our 2021 verse, our theme verse that we're memorizing. And it comes from Acts chapter 6, verse 7. We have it here on the screen. Let's read it all together. Then the word of God spread and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly. Come on, let's do it one more time. Your turn. Ready? Then the word of God spread and the number of the disciples How did they multiply? Greatly. Acts? Sorry, I messed you up on that. Let me give you one more chance. Ready? Then the Oh, we haven't done this one in a couple of weeks. Erase it from the screen. Anybody, can, can you do it? Ready? Then the... Acts 6, 7. Very good. All right. All year long, our goal, our aim, our purpose is to multiply the... Say, so why are we repeating this? Why do we say this every single Sunday? Because there's power in our words. There's power in what we confess. Come on, all year long, our aim, our goal, our focus is to multiply the culture of Jesus through the words of Jesus. That's right. Last Sunday, we started uh, reading through the Gospel of Mark. And I told you guys around the beginning of the year that this year, on Sundays, all together, we are going to read chapter by chapter, verse by verse, every single word from the Gospel of Mark, because there is power in the words of Jesus, right? And as we examine and study and receive and respond to the words of Jesus, the values or the culture of Jesus will be multiplied in and through us. And so this morning, we're going to continue with that, right? Last Sunday, uh, we read Mark chapter 1. We started Mark chapter 1. We read verses 1 through 15. And we learned about two baptisms. Can anybody remember what those two baptisms are? Right. <laughs> the baptism of repentance, commonly known as baptism in water, right? But the real, the real uh, complete term is not water baptism. It's the baptism of repentance, okay? Doesn't have much to do with the water, okay? It's all about repentance. And then the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And then 
The last thing we learned about the baptism of the Holy Spirit is where we're going to pick up today. And that is that the Holy Spirit empowers us for our... (laughs) I heard it. Somebody whispered it because you were afraid you were going to get it wrong, right? When we're filled with the Holy Spirit, right? When we receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit empowers us for our purpose. Very good. The Holy Spirit empowers us for our purpose. And we, uh, actually, we can just take a quick glance back uh, at Mark chapter 1. Uh, we already read it last week, but f- 14 and 15, it says, After John the Baptist was arrested, taken to custody, Jesus went into Galilee, Galilee, and he began to preach the good news of the kingdom, right? And it says, uh, he, he told people the kingdom of God is at hand, repent, and believe the good news regarding salvation, Okay? That's where we left off last Sunday. The first thing Jesus did, as soon as he was filled with the Holy Spirit, and he came out of the wilderness, right out of the wilderness and temptation, he overcame the devil. He was now filled with the Holy Spirit. The first thing he did was he went into Galilee, and he began to teach the word of God, to preach the kingdom of God. And if we keep reading, he began to cast out demons. He began to heal people of their sickness and set people free, right? So Jesus, as soon as he was filled with the Holy Spirit, began to walk in his purpose. Come on, say it one more time. The Holy Spirit empowers me for my purpose. And that is where we're going to pick, uh, pick up today, where we left off. I'll remind you, as we're reading through Mark, together we're reading out of the Amplified Version. Why? Because the Amplified version of the Bible just kind of helps us go deeper. As we read the Amplified, you'll notice brackets and parentheses. Does everybody know what those are for? Yeah, it's Greek definitions and explanations because we know the the New Testament was written in Greek, right? So when you see uh, the words in parentheses or brackets, that's either a definition of a Greek word or an explanation of a phrase in Greek, okay? And so that's what we're, we're reading the Amplified to dig deep. We don't want to just kind of skim read through Mark. Y'all, we have the whole year to read through the book. It's 16 chapters. We have 52 Sundays to do it, right? So we're not going to just rush through it. That's why we're reading the Amplified. We really want to dig deep and understand the word, all right? Who's ready this morning for the rest of Mark chapter 1? All right? So with that in mind, that the Holy Spirit, Jesus had just been baptized in water, but, and then he was baptized in the Holy Spirit, and then he came out and he began to preach the kingdom of God. So with that in mind, that the Holy Spirit empowers us for our purpose, let's go now to verse 16, and we're going to read all the way through 45 today. Are you ready? Okay. Are you ready to read today? We only read 15 verses last, uh, last Sunday. This, today we're going to read like 30. So let's go. As Jesus was walking by the Sea of Galilee, okay, let me get in my Amplified app. As Jesus uh, was walking by the shore of the Sea of Galilee, let me pause and tell you, it's called the Sea of Galilee, but it's actually a freshwater lake, okay? It would, uh, you could call it Lake Galilee if you want to, but the Sea of Galilee is actually a freshwater lake that sits 700 feet below sea level. We don't normally refer to altitude as below sea level, but in that area, in that desert, okay, it actually sits below sea level. And it was a, it's a big freshwater lake, and guess what the main industry there is? 
fishing. The Sea of Galilee is the center of a very important, busy fishing industry, okay? So Jesus was walking by the shore of, of, of Lake Galilee, and he saw Simon, Peter. We know that Jesus later gave Simon the nickname Peter, right? Simon, Peter, and Simon's brother, Andrew, okay? Say Simon and Andrew. All right, here's the first two disciples, all right? Andrew, by the way, was one of John the Baptist's disciples. He was one of the ones that followed John the Baptist around everywhere, okay? So you got Simon and his brother Andrew, both were fishermen. Um, and he, he, he found them casting a net in the sea, for they were fishermen, all right? And Jesus said to them, follow me. Now listen, when Jesus said, follow me, he, he, it's not like Facebook follow me, okay? It's not like Twitter follow me, Instagram follow It's not like follow me like follow my ideas. Jesus wasn't saying become my follower as in like accept me for who I am and my ideas. No. When Jesus said follow me, he literally meant physically get up and walk with me. Come with me where I'm going and Help me out, right? And Jesus says, here's the, here's the Greek uh, explanation of that phrase. Follow me. As my disciples, accepting me as your master and teacher and walking the same path of life that I walk. Come with me literally and do what I do. Okay? And I will make you fishers of men. The New Living says, I'll teach you how to fish for people. So I, this, is a, this could be a whole sermon in itself. Don't worry, I'm not going to make it. But I love how Jesus connected with them on their level. He, he, didn't just come, he didn't just say, come follow me. He told them what he was going to do with them. And he said, hey, you fishermen, I'm going to take what you know how to do, and I'm going to use it for a bigger purpose. Again, that could be another whole sermon, but Jesus, when he calls you to follow him, if you do, he will take what you know how to do. It might not be fishing, all right? It might be finance. It might be education. It might be law. It might be kids. It might, whatever you're gifting, we're going to get there more in a minute, but he'll take whatever you know how to do, and he'll use it for a bigger purpose, okay? I'll teach you how to fish for people. Immediately, they left their nets and followed him. Becoming his disciples, believing and trusting in him and following his example. Going on a little further, he saw James, the son of Je Zebedee, and his brother John. So we got two sets of brothers now, all right? Simon and Andrew, James and John, who were also in the boat mending and cleaning the nets. Immediately Jesus called to them. And they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired workers and went away to follow him. Now listen, understand these guys were not fishing for pleasure. When they decided to follow Jesus, they literally said, I'm leaving all that I know. I'm leaving my career behind to go help you do what you're doing. When they decided to follow Jesus, it wasn't just cool. They literally had to leave. And, and this, this guy said that they left their dad behind doing all the fishing. I hope he had a team. I'm sure he did. But... They literally understood, if I'm going to go with him, what I'm doing now, I have to just 
leave it behind. Okay? And so they did. Becoming his disciples, believing and trusting in him and following his example. Verse 21. They went into Capernaum. Does that, does that sound uh, familiar, that word? Capernaum or Capernaum, some people call it? Capernaum, all right? What's, what's special about Capernaum? Who lived there? Jesus was born in Bethlehem, ex um, a refugee in Egypt, raised in Nazareth, and then as an adult, he decided to go live in Capernaum. All right. And immediately on the Sabbath, Jesus went in the synagogue and began to teach. He began to what? Immediately he went and began to what? He began to teach. They were completely amazed at his teaching because he was teaching them as one having God-given authority, not as the scribes. Come on, somebody. They were amazed because Jesus' words weren't just a bunch of hot air. His words contained power, right? His words had authority. Just then, there was a man in the synagogue with an unclean spirit. This is verse 23. And he cried out, terribly from the depths of his throat, saying, let me tell you what this says. This is actually, um, it's, it's, an, it's a very interesting phrase here because we know that the New Testament's written in Greek, but Jesus spoke Aramaic, a dialect of Hebrew, and there is an idiom in Hebrew that says this, what to me and to you? And it's very difficult to translate into Greek or English, all right? Turn to somebody and say, what to me and to you? Now, did you feel that? Come on, turn to somebody and say, what to me and to you? Yeah. Like, he said, what business do you have with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Like, what do we have to do with each other? Have you come to destroy us? Well, yes, I have. I know who you are, the Holy One of God. You mean the devil knows who Jesus is? You mean the devil recognizes Jesus as the Son of God? Does that mean people who are full of the devil can know who Jesus is? Listen, just because you know who he is, just because you identify him correctly, doesn't mean you're all right. Careful. We know who you are, the Holy One of God. Jesus rebuked him, saying, be quiet, muzzled, silenced, and come out of him. The unclean spirit threw the man into convulsions and screeching with a loud voice came out of him. They were all amazed so amazed that they debated and questioned each other, saying, what is this? <laughs> a new teaching with authority. What is this? All we're used to is the Pharisees and the Sadducees blabbing. 
All we're used to is powerless religion. What is this? When he speaks, something happens. He commands even the demons or the unclean spirits, and they obey him. Come on, somebody. Religion has no power over the devil. That's why they were surprised. They were used to not having, but listen, even the demons, like the demons were a big deal to them. Even the demons obey his words. They were saying that the demons didn't obey their words. Even the demons obey his words. There's something different about, about it when he speaks. Immediately the news about him spread everywhere throughout the district surrounding Galilee. All right. That's a lot. Are we ready to keep going? Look what he keeps doing. And immediately they left the synagogue and went into the house of Simon, nicknamed Peter, and Andrew, accompanied by James and John. So now we have Jesus and his four, his first four disciples. All right. Simon, Andrew, James, and John. And they go to Simon's house. And it says Simon's mother-in-law was lying sick uh, lying sick with a fever. And immediately they told uh, him about her. Jesus went to her and taking her by the hand, raised her up. And the fever left her. And here's another whole sermon in itself, but I'm not going to do that. And she began to serve him, serve them as her guests. Teeny tiny mini sermon. What's the first thing she did when Jesus touched her? Served. When you get really touched by him, you're going to want to serve him. Okay? Now when evening came after the sun had set on the Sabbath day, and the Sabbath day had ended, in a steady stream they were bringing to him all who were sick and those who were under the power of demons until the whole city had gathered together at the door. Talk about a house party. And Jesus healed many who were suffering with various diseases, and he drove out many demons, but would not allow the demons to speak because they knew him, recognizing him as the Son of God. I'm getting ahead of myself, but I have to go ahead and say it. Jesus wasn't trying to be famous. That was not his purpose. Verse 35, very important verse we're going to come back to. Early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went out to a secluded place and was praying there. Come on, turn to somebody and say, you need a devotional life. Yeah. <laughs> Simon, oh, every time I read this, I chuckle. Simon, and he, I just want you to see this, all right? Don't just listen, but try to see it in your, in, in, in your mind, all right? Simon, Peter, and, and his companions searched everywhere, looking anxiously for him. Just, just imagine him. Oh, my God. Where's Jesus? Doesn't Jesus know that he's needed right now? Doesn't Jesus know that he should always be available when people need him? 
It didn't, it didn't say that they, that they were just looking for him. Well, wonder where did No, they were searching anxiously for him. Come on, just look, just think of them. They're stressed out. All right? Peter tend to be stressed out if you read more about him, okay? He was stressed out, and he was also always, like, doing things impulsively, just kind of without thinking. I mean, like... I don't know if he thought too much about going out and being all stressed out looking for Jesus, okay? But he come, they come to Jesus, and they're searching anxiously for him and found him and said, just think about it. I mean, if they were anxious and stressed out, how would he, said, how would he have said it? Jesus, everybody's looking for you. Jesus, don't you know you're supposed to be available right now? Don't you know there are needs? Where were you? Everybody's looking for you. I love Jesus' response. It's almost like he didn't even hear him. He was just like, you can save the drama for your mama. <laughs> Take your drama back to your mama-in-law that I healed yesterday. Because I, I don't do stress. Okay? Just look how he responded. It's almost like he disregarded him. He, he just sort of like, the next phrase says, he replied, let us go on to the neighboring town so that I can preach there too. That's why I came from the father. Like, I don't know what you and your stressed out agenda is, but I just got my agenda from the Father. Let's keep on going. Right? I know that people have expectations of me, but I've already tapped into the one expectation that actually matters. And that's what we're going to go do. Okay? I'll come back to that. I, uh, I, could, I could stay there the rest of the day. But <sighs> So he went throughout Galilee preaching the gospel in their synagogues and casting out Demons, come on, the gospel is more than just words. It's power. And a leper came to him, begging him and falling on his knees before him, saying, if you're willing, you're able to make me clean. A, a little pause there, okay? In the Old Testament, under Old Testament law, if someone had leprosy, they were considered unclean and literally had to live their whole life in this extreme form of quarantine, Not like Rona quarantine. Literally, no one could have physical contact with a leper. The whole time they had leprosy, which for most meant until they died. Okay? No, no human contact with anyone. Literally, they had to walk around in public shouting, I'm a leper. Actually, they said, unclean, unclean. Okay? If, if they were in public, you guys need to watch the Chosen series. Okay? They had to walk around and be like, unclean. Why did they have to do that? They had to let people know. Social distancing, please. Ooh. But Jesus wasn't into social distancing. It says, he said, if you're willing, you're able to make me clean. Then the next three words, moved with compassion. Come on, say compassion. I don't know about you, but I'm so glad Jesus had compassion on me. Moved with compassion for his 
suffering. He didn't judge him for his leprosy. He didn't go, oh, let me get my gloves and my hand sanitizer, which didn't exist back in the day. But you know, he said, it says he was moved with compassion for his suffering and Jesus reached out with his hand and touched him and said to him, I'm willing, be cleansed. Which for leprosy meant be healed, okay? I'm willing, be healed, be cleansed. The leprosy left him immediately. And he was cleansed completely, healed and restored to health. And Jesus, look at what it says, Jesus deeply moved, admonished him sternly and sent him away saying, uh, immediately saying to him, see that you tell no one about this. But go, show yourself to the priests and offer your purif uh, for your purification what Moses commanded as proof to them that you're really healed. Another whole mini sermon in itself, right? But don't go and just blab about what I did in your life. Go and show it. Go and offer the proof. Go and give testimony that your life has really been changed, okay? But when he went out, he went out and began to proclaim it freely and spread the news of his healing. Because when Jesus does something like that, you can't just keep it to yourself, right? To such an extent that Jesus could no longer in, uh, openly enter a city where he was known. But he stayed out in unpopulated places. Yet people were still coming to him from everywhere. Another part of the gospel says that they didn't even have time to eat. That's how busy Jesus and his disciples got with people coming to be fed, healed, set free, to hear the good news. Wow, that's a whole lot to unpack. <laughs> and we're not going to be able to unpack it all. But I do want to focus on one main theme today, and that is purpose. Come on, tell somebody, you have a purpose. So where do we get purpose out of all of this? The whole thing. In fact, the entire Mark chapter 1 contains a powerful message about purpose. Okay? Last week, we learned that the Holy Spirit empowers us for our purpose, right? Speaking of which, do you believe your life is just a random series of events? Or do you believe your life actually has a purpose? Do you just go with the flow? Come what may, live and die? Or are you living your life on purpose? Because if I don't live on purpose, I will live off my purpose. Do you want to know your purpose? Some of you do know it. Do you want to actually fulfill it? I know a lot of people that know their purpose, but they're not fulfilling it. Do you want to fulfill your purpose? Well, let's pick up where we left off. The first point is the last point from last Sunday. Number one, 
the Holy Spirit empowers me for my purpose. How many of us are glad that you don't have to try to do it on your own? Jesus set us an example. He was the son of God, but he was also the son of man. And he did not attempt to heal people, cast out demons, or even preach the kingdom before he was filled with the Holy Spirit. Because we need the Holy Spirit to accomplish our purpose. Come on, tell somebody, you need him. Come on, tell somebody else, you need the Holy Ghost. It's not Holy Ghost, it's Holy Ghost, it's one word, okay? You need the Holy Spirit to fulfill your purpose. And what we see that once Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit, he immediately began to walk in his purpose. He didn't waste any time. Now, let's go a little bit with this in this direction. We each have a specific mix of gifts and an individual calling on our life, okay? Every one of you has different gifts, every one of us. Thank God we're not all the same, amen? Every one of you are, you are a mixed bag of gifts. That's what you are. Did you know that you're a gift to the world? You are. You, <laughs> you might not be acting like a gift to the world. You may have hidden your gifts away and they're not open. But you're a gift to the world. God made you in his image. To show himself through you. You're a gift to the world. And as a gift made in the image of God, you have different gifts. You are a mixture of gifts. Okay? Come on, somebody say, I am a gift bag. All right. And we're all different. And y'all, we're learning all about that on Wednesday. You need to be here on Wednesday night. Okay? Wednesday night, we're going deeper. We're learning about our gifts and multiplying our gifts and all that. But it's so, so good. Come on Wednesday night, okay? But today, I don't want to focus on your individualized giftings, okay? Because we're doing more of that on Wednesdays. Today, I want to focus on what our actual purpose is. Because contrary to the way a lot of people think, your gift is not your purpose. Most people, when they think, what is my purpose, they think teacher, businesswoman, financial manager, mom, lawyer, right? Right? Your gift is not your purpose. It is really quiet in here. Because that's the way we think about it. What do you think? My, okay, my purpose is not preaching. It's not. I have giftings of evangelist and pastor, and all, but that's not my purpose. Those are gifts. Maybe you have a gift for education. Maybe you have a gift, again, in finance or, or, or in the business world, or maybe you have a gift in, in science, in medicine, in the medical field, or maybe you have a gift to invent things. 
Maybe you have a gift to build homes. Thank you. Maybe you have a gift to maintain cars. Really, thank you. Because we don't all have those gifts. But I want you to just say it, if you, even if you don't get it yet. Say, my gifts are not my purpose. Our gifts help us fulfill our purpose, but the gifts are not the purpose itself. Our gifts enhance our purpose. Our gifts were given to us so that we can better fulfill our purpose. But your gifts are not your purpose. We all have one main purpose. Or I could say one common purpose. Okay? This is Encounter Church. So you've heard this. That we, we don't have even one service where we don't say this word, Right? And some of you are going to go, when, he, when I say it, oh, that. Okay? Your purpose in life is discipleship. That is your purpose. What do I mean by that? Each and every one of us is called to follow Jesus as his disciple, and help others follow Jesus as his disciples. At the end of the day, at the end of life in eternity, I will not stand before the throne and be rewarded because I preached well or because you fixed cars well or because you made lots of money or because you were a good dad. All of that's great. Because you were a good teacher. Because, fill in the blank what your gifts are, whatever you're good at. In eternity, I'll stand before God and be rewarded by how my gifts fulfilled the purpose of people. People in the kingdom of God. Every one of your gifts exists to help people enter the kingdom of God. Every one of your gifts exists to show God through your life so that other people can see him through you. Our one main purpose, our one common calling, if you have been born again, if you've placed your faith in Jesus Christ, irrespective of all the gifts you may have, your purpose in life is to follow Jesus and help other people do the same. That's our purpose. Jesus, when he was about to ascend into heaven, he didn't leave his, the instructions with his disciples, go and, um, I don't know, he, he told them to teach and to preach, yes, but the point was go and make disciples, baptizing them, teaching them, casting out demons, healing, all those things, but he told them to go and produce a result, Okay? The result of our life, the purpose of our life is to be a disciple of Jesus and that through our life, other people would come to also follow Jesus because in heaven, that's what's going to count. Souls are what count. You say my money doesn't count? Yes, it can count to get souls into heaven. 
You mean my ability to uh, teach children doesn't count? It counts very much because through that ability, through that gift, you can help children know Jesus and end up in heaven, right? You mean my gifts in, in, in business or finance? Yes, they count very much because through your life as a business person, as a person who whatever, fill in the blank, people can see Jesus through your life and become also his disciples. Gifts aren't our purpose. Gifts just help us fulfill our purpose. Are we on the same page now? All right. So gifts, although our gifts are, are diverse, we're all called and empowered by the Holy Spirit for this common purpose. So let me just quickly give you three things that all disciples are called to. Okay? We ready? These three things, and we get, I, I got these from Mark chapter 1. First of all, every disciple, every follower of Jesus is called to the Word of God. It says that Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit, and he went and he began to teach, okay? He began to teach the Word of God. It's the first thing he did. And I want you to know, we can all teach the Word of God. Who? Not like this. Some of you can. Some of you, that is your gift. We're not all called to be, quote unquote, teachers or preachers, right? Some of you breathe a deep sigh of relief, right? That's not, I'm not talking about public speaking, but no, no, no. But we all possess the word of God and can share it with others. Everybody. You can share the word of God with everyone in your sphere of influence. You can share the word of God with your children, with your family, with your classmates, with your coworkers, with your community. Wherever it is that is your environment, wherever you have influence, you are called as a disciple of Jesus to not only possess the word of God, but to share that word with others. So how do I do that? To share what you've learned. When you see that it could help somebody else, share what you've learned. I don't know what the Word of God says. Pull out the Bible. Read it. Use it. It's on your phone. Come on now. We're all called. All of us can. Another thing, all right, the Word of God. We're all called to the Word of God. Another thing we're all called to is to dispel darkness. Every disciple. Jesus says, we are the light of the world. And Jesus went about basically helping people be free from the devil. Anybody in the house got free from the devil somehow? Did anybody used to be walking in darkness and Jesus came? And, and you know, most of you probably experienced freedom from darkness because somebody helped you. I'm not saying for some of you, some of you may have, I don't know. But let me, maybe you had a, an alarm. Uh, no, absolutely not. Actually, even, it, you had to learn even that you could be free from somebody else. Every one of us is called to help people be, listen, let me just say it bluntly. You're called to help people get free from the devil. Okay? To dispel darkness with the light of God in you. That's what Jesus went around doing. 
Some theologians say that 70% of what Jesus did was cast out demons. 70%. He went around and it says he set people free from the oppression of the devil. Now, yes, we get, and he said, lay our hands on the sick and they'll recover and cast out demons. We can all do that. But it doesn't always mean like, come out. Right? I mean, sometimes, many times it can become that. I've seen way too many a thing, okay? But let me tell you, you can help somebody be free from an addiction and it may not look like, demon, come out. Right? Again, it might. But that's not the point. We need to be really careful not to turn deliverance into something weird or spooky. Jesus just went around and said, hey, you, shut up. Enough. Enough of your darkness. Get out. Right? How many of you know people that need somebody to come and say, enough of that destroying your life. Let me help you get that out. Every one of us, if you've had darkness come out of your life, you can certainly help other people come out of darkness. It really just boils down to this. You can help others experience the freedom you've received. If you've been set free by Jesus, you can help other people be set free. The word of God. We're all called to share the word of God with people around us. We're all called to help people get free from darkness. The third thing we can all do is healing. Every follower, every believer, Jesus says, can lay our hands on the sick and heal people. You know the main, the number one reason why Christians don't heal the sick? They don't try. Or we don't try enough. Or I tried that one time and it didn't work. Guess what? Me too. And I'm going to do it till the day I die. Because sometimes it does work. The number one reason we don't heal people is because we don't lay our hands on them and heal them. Pray for them. There's a lot of things in the Bible. Anoint with oil. Declare the word. All these things. But Jesus said all believers can lay their hands on the sick and the sick will recover. Listen, tell your neighbor, just try. All right. Say, Pastor Hunter, you're making me uncomfortable today. It's just the gospel. (laughs) This ain't even revelation, y'all. This is Mark. Come on, let let me just say it again simply because this should not feel overwhelming. And if it feels overwhelming, I'm sorry. I'm trying to, trying to make it simple. Everybody, if you know one scripture from the Bible, first of all, learn more. But if you know one, you can share it with other people. Share the word, too. If you've received any sort of freedom in your life because of Jesus, share that with others. Help them be free. And three, you got hands? 
lamb. Pray, Jesus. All right. Most of you look all right, but a few of you look like. Is there a crack in any of the doors I can run out of? First, the Holy Spirit empowers us for a purpose. Number two, devotion keeps me in my purpose. Devotion keeps me, you could say, keeps us inside. Because have you ever gotten outside of your purpose? (laughs) If there's anybody who's most interested in you fulfilling your purpose, it's God who created you for your purpose. Devotion keeps us, maintains us inside our purpose. If we look back at Mark uh, chapter 1, I just want to read that verse again, verse 17. Sorry, it's not verse 17, it's verse 35. Early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went out to a secluded place and was praying there. Jesus made his devotional life a priority. If anybody was busy, it was Jesus. Like, he literally tried to get away from people. Like, you think, you, you read it and you, Jesus was actually trying to escape. Yes, he was. Jesus was trying to get away. Read the gospel. Several occasions, he's like, guys, let's go over here and spend some alone time. And they would get, they would get in the boat, like, trying to spend some alone time. And they'd get to the other side of the lake, and they would realize the crowd had watched them from the shore, figuring out where they were going, and they met him there. Like, if anybody was, was busy and had pressure expectation on him it was Jesus but he never used I'm busy as an excuse to not be in connection with the father I'm too busy then you're too busy with the wrong things the Bible describes Jesus as being about the father's business he was busy he was doing the father's business, okay? But he, we, we, it's not like he was so busy that he couldn't pray. And I've said this many, many times. I just got to say it again. If I'm too busy to pray, I'm too busy. If I'm too busy to take 15 minutes a day to read what God says to me in his word, I'm too busy. But the reality is we're not too busy. We just do what we want to do. We, we make time for whatever we want to do. Listen, if you don't have time to read your Bible, it's really because you don't want to. No, really. Last time I checked, every one of us has 60 seconds in 60 minutes in every hour, 24 hours, 365.25 days a year. Yeah? We all make time for whatever we want to do. It's just a matter of wanting to do it. 
You say, but I don't really want to read the Bible. Get started, and you will want to. You will. When I first started reading the Bible from cover to cover, and I've read through the whole Bible at least a dozen, if not 15 times, the first time I did it, it was like a discipline. <laughs> right? But now I can't wait to read the Bible every day. You say, Pastor Hunter, you always feel like it? No, I don't always feel like it, but I always want to. That's different. We don't always feel like it, but I always want to. But I didn't used to always want to until I started doing it. So if you don't want to read the Bible, but you want to want to, if you don't really want to pray, but you want to want to, come on, tell your neighbor, you got to want to want to before you can want to, right? Sometimes we just need to do what we know we ought to do. And then we'll want to do it. Right? I don't want to brush my teeth when I wake up in the morning. I really don't want to. Liz said, you want to. But I do want the result of it. Oh, y'all, that, 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 that didn't hit hard enough. We want the result of the blessings of God in our life and the presence of God and God use me and my purpose. And we want the results without wanting to do the basic thing, devotion. If there's anything that will get you and keep you on track in your purpose is daily Bible reading and prayer. That'll do it. I've noticed when I don't, when I don't do it, it's easy to get off track. It's easy to start, you even start, you know, feeling like your purpose is something else. And then you're all off. Right? Y'all, I, I, I alluded to it in, when we read through the scripture, but let me just go back to it. Jesus' commitment to devotion helped him keep his focus on the Father's expectations rather than the burden of people's expectations. Because y'all, people's expectations can become a burden. Hello? A heavy burden. But Jesus didn't, he didn't lead his life based on people's expectations. Because he always heard and saw the Father. Everybody's looking for you. You ever heard somebody say, not everybody's looking for you, but you ought to this. You ought to that. Or they might not say you ought to, but they say it that you, it's an expectation put on you. Why don't you? Why are you so? Now, sometimes why are you so is because we need to change, right? But uh, sometimes it's, I expect this of you. And sometimes we live our whole life just, what do people expect? Wait, or just what do I expect? I've noticed sometimes my expectations of myself are off. I even prayed that this morning. God, I don't want to live even according to my own expectations of me. I want to know yours. But listen, how can you know his expectations of you if you're not consulting him? 
Devotion will help you know what God's expectations are so you don't live your life under the heavy burden of everybody else's expectations. That's how Jesus lived. Even when the Father's expectations were you're going to the cross, Peter tried to say, "Uh uh-uh, that's not our expectation of you, Jesus. Why are you saying that? He said, get behind me, Satan. You don't see things from heaven's perspective. I do. Devotion will keep you connected to, inside your purpose. A consistent devotional life. Also, I love this, will help you know always what the next steps are. Like Jesus had been off, he'd been praying, and Peter comes, and he's like, everybody's looking for you, Jesus, what's your problem? He's like, um, let's go to the next town, because that's what I'm called to do. He knew, that, he knew the next step was to go to Galilee, right? He knew the next step. How many of you struggle to know, I just don't know what to do next? Guess who knows? The Father knows. Spend time with Him and ask Him. All right. So the Holy Spirit empowers us for our purpose. Devotion keeps us inside our purpose. And finally, compassion moves us in our purpose. Compassion moves us forward. Compassion keeps us moving in our purpose. Jesus was motivated by compassion not fame. And this is only one instance where he says he was moved by compassion. And then he tells the guy, don't go tell anybody. Come on, can you see something here? Jesus was motivated by compassion. He was moved by compassion. Don't go, listen, if there's one fast track to derail you from your purpose is to pursue fame. Eyes on me, attention on me, or even my purpose, my gifts. I'm not saying God might not make you famous. I mean, Jesus is the most famous person in history now. But Jesus wasn't motivated by fame. Again and again, he kept telling people, don't tell everybody what I did. I didn't do it for you to tell everybody. I did it for you. Because I cared about you. He was moved by this man's suffering. How many of us? Man, I have to really check myself on this all the time. How, how often am I moved deeply by someone else's need or their suffering? That's where purpose is found. Jesus was... Jesus never got off, ever. (laughs) He never got off track. Because he was moved to fulfill the Father's purpose with compassion. Our purpose isn't even about us. Your purpose is not you being the best you. Now God wants you to be the best you. Because the best you looks like him. But your purpose isn't even about you. Our purpose always, say always, involves serving and helping other people. Always. It always does. Now, sometimes this can be disappointing or frustrating. (laughs) Because this is a phrase that's easy to agree with. 
You ready? Helping people is hard. Come on, just go ahead and breathe a sigh of relief because this is just true. Just go ahead and say it. Helping people is hard. I mean, if our purpose had to do with inanimate object or just animals or something, maybe that wouldn't be so hard. But y'all, humans are hard. <laughs> like really hard. Disappointing. Betraying. Backstabbing. Mean. Conniving. Wonderful beings. Created in the image of God. Screwed up by sin. And you and I are one of them. I've been hard to help sometimes. Ask that lady right there. That's my mama. She knows helping Hunter was hard. How many of you ever helped somebody and later were like, I wish I wouldn't have ever even met that person? I am moving to another city just so I don't have to be around them. Why? And that's not just because you're mean. It's because helping people is hard. Humans are just difficult. Yet Jesus, God Almighty, came as one of us. Stepped in our shoes, our sandals. Lived inside our skin. Walked our dirty earth. Carried in his own body, in his own soul, on his own spirit, our sin. Compassion. Compassion was what drove Jesus to come for us. Compassion was what drove Jesus to heal people. Jesus didn't heal to become known as the healer. He was the healer. He didn't need to heal. <laughs> he healed because he had compassion. Jesus didn't set people free because he needed to become famous as the deliverer. He was that. He set people free because he cared. He had compassion. See, compassion, I believe, is the one thing sometimes we lose, and so we stop. When helping people gets hard, if we lose touch with compassion, we'll just stop. I've done it. Have you done it? Have you stopped helping people because it was just too hard, and you just lost sight of God's heart for people. You say, but people hurt you. Yeah. Nails in his hands, his feet, crown of thorns on his temples. People are going to hurt you. But your purpose is wrapped up in them. Our purpose is wrapped up in the one thing that will be in eternity, that's people, souls, disciples. Your money won't be in heaven, but your money can help get people to heaven. 
Your teaching gift won't be necessary in eternity. But you could teach people into heaven. <laughs> Make them disciples of Jesus. Your business won't exist in heaven. But your business may have been used in a way that showed Jesus to people and got them into heaven. Compassion keeps us moving. Compassion keeps us going. And we see here that when God truly possesses our heart with his compassion, he'll bring more and more people to, for us to help him. So just know this. The more you have compassion, the more people God are going to bring for you to help. It says, even though Jesus wasn't pursuing crowds, they came in a steady stream. Because God draws people through Jesus' compassion. The Holy Spirit empowers you for your purpose. Devotion will keep you inside your purpose. But compassion is that thing that will keep you moving when you want to give up on your purpose. Compassion will keep you moving forward. Today, do you know your purpose? If you didn't know it, you at least discovered the common one today. To be a disciple of Jesus, a follower of Jesus, an imitator of Him, and to help other people through your life. All the different lives, all the different spheres of influences, everybody with different careers and gifts and families and, and, and environments, but through our life is to also help other people find Jesus too. That's what it means to multiply. Now the question is, am I living my life on purpose? Come on, we're going to go back into a worship for a minute just for this. Because today, we need to talk to God about it. Say, do you know your purpose? Well, are you living that purpose? Today, let's go back to this. The Holy Spirit is the one who empowers you for it. So if you've lost touch with your purpose, He can get you back in touch. But you need to talk to Him about it. I can't lay my hands on you and give you your purpose. can't. I can't talk you into your purpose. But the Holy Spirit can show you he can take the words from the Word of God and make them come alive on the inside of you. And it's like, oh, the light bulb. I know my purpose. Come on, you can go ahead and stand if you want. I want to ask just for the next couple of minutes. I know right now it's the end of the service. It's super easy to get distracted. And I just want to, I'm going to give a second for everybody to just kind of get focused. If you would, maybe just, sometimes it's good to close our eyes. Maybe you even want to get on your knees. I don't know. I'm certainly going to open up the altar if anyone wants to come and like, just come and 
I don't know, take a step of faith, a step forward, talk to God. You don't have to come to the altar. You can do it right there where you are, but maybe if you would, just shut your eyes for a moment. Talk to God about it. Do I know my purpose? Am I living my life on purpose? This was a big thing I felt the Holy Spirit said. Ask my people, are they just going with the flow of life or are they living life on purpose? Just talk to the Lord. We're going to take about 30, 45 seconds now before we begin to sing and worship. Just ask Him, Holy Spirit, show me. Show me my purpose. Show me if I've gotten off purpose. Show me how or why or at what point I got off purpose. Father, forgive me if I have not made time for devotion to stay on purpose, to stay inside my purpose. Father, today I, and I just hear the Holy Spirit saying, this is not to, don't, the, the Father would never speak condemning words to you. He's inviting you like, <laughs> he's inviting you up on the mountain like Jesus, out to a secluded place with him. And that doesn't mean a mountain necessarily. He's just inviting you into the secret place with Him. He wants to speak to you there through His Word and by His Holy Spirit. If you've gotten off in your devotional life, if you've lost touch with that, that daily relationship with Him where you're hearing His voice through His Word, through His Spirit, today He's just saying, come on back. Come on back up on the mountain. Come on back to that secluded, that, that secret place with me. I'll speak to you. I'll show you. I'll give you your next instructions. Come on, some of us just need to ask, Jesus, Father, what are my next instructions? What are my next steps? I know my purpose. I know that, that, that you've called me to follow you and imitate you, Jesus. I know that you want to use me so that my life can lead other people to use you, to, to you Jesus. But what's my next step? He'll speak it to you. Just talk to him about it. Maybe you've allowed the difficulty of helping people to make you just push your compassion aside. Jesus wants to ignite hearts with his compassion today. Jesus wants to stir the pot. He wants to stir up His compassion in your heart today. He wants us to be moved by the need and the suffering of people. People that are lost and without Him. People that are sick. People that are in darkness. People that are simply in need. He wants our hearts to be moved with compassion. Not with our own compassion. Not with pity, but with His compassion. Jesus. Jesus. Come on, if you need to respond to that, respond however you wish. If you'd like to come close to the altar, come on up. If you'd like to get on your knees or whatever you need to do, 
Maybe you need to stand and lift your hands, whatever it is. Just talk to the Father about it today. He's renewing purpose in the house today. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I really believe God spoke to you through His Word today and is moving in your life. If you'd like more information about Encounter Church or you'd like to give your tithes and offerings, you can visit our website at EncounterChurchAtlanta.org. I'd also like to invite you to share this message on social media. Thanks again.